Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. That means it's time for 10 with Tim. You all, this morning, uh, I just found out last night, actually, that Mimi Swack died. Um, I don't know if you all pay a lot of attention to one another, but I pay attention to all of you. I try to pay attention to who listens and who's here every day. And Mimi Swack has just been one of those fateful 10 with 10 people from the very beginning. Uh, I guess I should have known Mimi through the years from Bowling Green. I remember her husband, John, uh, through 4-H when I was a kid. Uh, but I've really gotten to know Mimi through 10 with Tim. Uh, she's visited Woodburn in person. Her granddaughter attends church here. Uh, I've just gotten to know her through Tim with Tim and through Molly. But my goodness, what a magnificent woman. And so one of us is gone, you all. And uh, I'm going to miss her. Uh, so God bless uh, the Swack family, God bless Mimi's soul. She was a, just a magnificent, faithful woman, and uh, and I am blessed to have known her. And we're all blessed to have read a good part of the Word of God with Mimi. So uh, God bless her, and God bless all of you. We're starting something new today. We're starting the book of Jose. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> Actually, I've heard from a couple of you. I know how you feel about that. Uh, you're going to love the first three chapters, uh, and then it's not a long book. Uh, I actually like it. I've been studying to get ahead for you uh, so I could lead you. So uh, so let's jump right in, the book of Hosea. The book of Hosea in Scripture is one of the most uh, beautiful and, and beautifully poetic of all the prophetic books. Most all the prophets, believe it or not, uh, were poets. I mean, their, their preaching comes to us in the form of poetry. Probably poetry because for the longest time it wasn't written down. You all, most of them weren't necessarily literary. Uh, they spoke the word. They heard the word and spoke the word. And so often their sermons come to us in in a form that's most uh, easily memorized. The the basic definition of poetry is somebody trying to say something memorable, trying to say something you can remember. And so the prophets often brought their sermons and in poetic form to make them more easily remembered, I guess for their preaching, but also for the hearing and transmission of God's word. All that said, Hosea is almost beautifully poetic. It's just uh, uh, lots of images, lots of metaphors, lots of very symbolic language. But for that reason, uh, Hosea is one of the most difficult books in the Bible, Old Testament, to translate with precision. Uh, the more poetic, uh, the more idiosyncratic a book is, the more difficult it is to to uh, understand words in their context. And so uh, it is difficult to translate, uh, but we'll leave that to translators. How's that? And we'll just read it from, uh, from I'm reading from the New Living Translation. That first verse is what we just call the, the superscription. It's just the, you know, the, the, the title, so to speak. It gives a historical context. Uh, Hosea, the son of Beery. We don't know anything about Beery. If that, uh, you know, characteristic was ever meant to help us identify Jose, that, that you know, identification is lost. Um, uh, notice the designation of Hosea uh, in his ministry during the reigns of, of uh, four kings of Judah, one king of Israel, which is kind of a puzzle because Hosea is really more of a prophet in the northern kingdom in Israel. Uh, he's a northerner. Uh, believe it or not, in, in his Hebrew dialect and in, in what we find here in, in what's left of his sermons, uh, he talks like a northerner. <laughs> you know what I mean? He talks like a northerner. He really does uh, in, in, in Jewish Hebrew terms. Uh, but also, 
Uh, it's just interesting that uh, for a northerner, he emphasizes the Judean kings, and that's just one of the puzzles of this superscription. His prophecies are primarily directed toward Israel, Samaria, Bethel, and so th these are the northern sites. And so just interesting that uh, in the northern prophet, in the introduction here, the emphasis is on uh, the kings of Judah. At any rate, let's jump right in. Uh, the word of the Lord comes to Hosea and says, uh, go marry a harlot, you know, which is not a very PG word, but Gomer, as it turns out, isn't a very PG woman. <laughs> I'm not going to make a joke of it. It's Hosea's real life. Uh, that's what's tragic, beautiful. Uh, his obedience is, is striking here because it sounds like to me, God gets himself a really good prophet and Hosea gets a hooker, you know, is, is this a good deal? Um, Hosea is utterly faithful, utterly obedient. Uh, what does all this mean? Um, I'm hesitant. Again, I could make a joke out of some of this, but I, I know that some of you who've lived through difficult marriages uh, probably find some of this you know, absolutely painful. Uh, one of the big questions here is uh, when in these opening words here, and again, it's all third person. You know, like it's not Hosea speaking, telling his own story. Somebody's telling Hosea's story here. Um, the Lord spoke to Hosea and said, go marry a prostitute, go marry a harlot. Um, I guess one of the big questions here is, did she become a harlot? Or, or was she a harlot from the beginning? I mean, did God really lead Hosea to go marry, you know, this, you know, nasty woman? Or did he love her and her uh, infidelity only came out later, you know? It's hard to know, and scholars debate these, and we'll talk about this for the next several days, but um, but did she become that? Uh, if she was just a, you know, a nasty woman from the beginning, then uh, you know scholars will point out that that means that you know the Lord sort of asked Hosea to do something immoral because ordinarily you wouldn't want a godly man to um, to become unequally yoked with a uh, an, an unfaithful, um, a loose woman, a harlot, you know. We don't really know exactly what kind of prostitute she was, uh, whether it was, you know, related to just um, uh, temple prostitution, Baal worship, you know, or we don't know. We don't, we don't know. Uh, we don't know much of anything except what we have right here. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think most scholars lean toward, yeah, she was a prostitute from the beginning because that fits. That means he has to choose her knowing full well who she is. And remember, in this story, Jose stands in for God, you know, and God chose us knowing full well what we're like, who we are, what sinners we are, you know. And so uh, in this story, uh, Jose's family, Jose's life becomes this, you know, living, walking, public sermon you know, which is just so painful, just so difficult. Um, anyway, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if she was a prostitute from the beginning or became one. I, I, I just don't know how it happened in Jose's life. But anyway, here we go. She bears him, uh, looks like three children, I think, in about five years. 
uh, Jose gives them all these terrible prophetic you know, names. In other words, every time the school teacher at school calls a roll, she's going to be preaching a little sermon. You know? So the firstborn son is named Jezreel. Jezreel is, of course, a place. It's also a you know, Hebrew name that means God sows, God plants. In this case, it's kind of a double meaning. You know, God sows, God plants judgment, but, but also later Jezreel. In, the thing about Hosea is most of his sermons, uh, you know, he gets right to the happy ending. I mean, even in chapter one, we have this horrible story of his family, his marriage, his children that he gives these, you know, names. But in the end, still, he talks about the reconciliation, you know, the restoration of God's people. So uh, there's always that rush to get to the, to the positive end. And Jezreel ends up being, uh, you know, God sows judgment, but also God plants, God replants his people. Uh, so that's the first one. I'm a little taken aback, and those of you who are interested in, in sort of biblical history, I'm a little surprised here that, that Jehu is is portrayed as like, you know, somebody, you know, that, that, that Hosea is going to prophesy against. Uh, Jehu is known. Remember, we read 2 Kings chapters 9, 10. Uh, uh, Jehu is the military commander who becomes the king who destroys the dynasty, the, the, the Omride dynasty, which is King Ahab. It's Jehu who, you know, finally uh, avenges and, and kills Jezebel. And then all the sons of Ahab, uh, I, I thought all that was good, <laughs> you know, but apparently here he is condemned for the violence with which he went, maybe he went overboard. I, I don't know, but, it, you know, and I'm not great with Jewish history, to be honest, so I, I encourage you to, to read up, but here there's that reference to Jezreel, the, the bloody valley where so many military um, conquests have happened. Uh, the point is he names his son this. It's, it's not a great name, you know, but if, if you think that was, you know, the highlight, man, it just, it just continues. Next, uh, you know, Gomer has a little girl. They name her Lo, Lo Ruhamah, which means not loved. I mean, that, that's, that's awful, <laughs> you know. Like I say, I mean, like every time, you know, you call her in from supper, you're preaching a little sermon, you know, and you're not loved. I mean, this is... Whew. But remember, all of these are, are, are public actions, which actually are, are prophetic in meaning. Um, the third uh, son is named uh, uh, Loami, which means not mine. You know, in other words, Jose gives all of his kids names like you know, daddy's maybe, you know, you know kind of thing, which only highlights the uh, infidelity, the harlotry of his wife, of, uh, of their mother. Um, but again, chapter one goes right back to, but it's not always going to be this way. Not always going to be this way because one of these days we're going to change his name to Ami, which means just my people. And we're going to call her Ruhama, which means the one I love, you know? So yeah, their, their names get changed in, 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 in a way of showing that God is going to love his people again. But, but whoa, you know, I guess the pain of this is just realizing it's, 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 it, this is all who's Israel life. Um, if you're in, in a pastor's family, you're always, you know, kind of terrified that you're going to make the sermon. But, whoo, uh, wow, boy, but did his kids ever make the sermon? Um, I, anyway, as you think about this, I, I mean, just I'm going to think about your own life. Think about your own marriage. What if they made a movie out of your marriage? You know, like who would play you? Like I can't answer for you. I'm sure you're thinking, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know, Scarlett Johansson, Dolly Parton, you know, whoever's going to play you. Um, I don't know who's going to play me, Ryan Gosling, you know, Timothy Chalamet. I mean, you know, somebody like that, of course. That's what you're thinking. But, 
But um, anyway, understand this, the story of our lives has already been acted out, portrayed in the book of Hosea. And Hosea uh, stands in for God. Hosea plays a part of God. And uh, you and me, guess who plays us? You're right, it's Gomer, <laughs> you know. Uh, so you and I uh, are, are portrayed in this story by Gomer. We are the unfaithful people of God. We are the ones who, in verse 2, uh, the Lord has him marry Gomer because he wants to show the way God's people are like a prostitute who continually lust away from him. That's the Hebrew word. We lust away from the Lord by following after other, other gods, other priorities, right? Let's pick up right here tomorrow because this is good. Tomorrow, all of chapter 2. Uh, chapter 2 goes into, into poetic form, so notice that, and it switches to, you know, to uh, first person. It's the word of the Lord here. Uh, so we'll do all of Hosea chapter 2 tomorrow. So listen, enjoy the sunshine today. Have a great Wednesday. If you're a church person, I'll see you tonight. We're doing a celebration of carols tonight in our 6 o'clock meeting. Bring the kids, bring everybody, and, uh, and let's worship the Lord together tonight in prayer meeting. I love you guys so much. Uh, have a great Wednesday. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing.